This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. We bring in Patrick Everson of Vegas Insider, their senior reporter, and we had a lot going on uh, this past weekend in the NFL, which is going to Patrick, it's going to dictate some things moving forward. The injuries at quarterback. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo was the big one. We know he's going to be out at least seven to eight weeks. But there's also the Lamar Jackson injury, where we don't know necessarily how long. It might be one to three weeks. How do you look at just the short term uh, for the Ravens right now with Lamar Jackson out? Well, it's it honestly, it makes it real. First off, thanks to all of you for have, having me on tonight. But it obviously, it makes it real tricky maybe a little trickier for the Ravens than the, than the 49ers because the Niners know it's going to be, you know, a few weeks best case scenario. I mean, like maybe playoffs best case scenario. Uh, whereas the Ravens, you know, you're, there's a little less certainty, but, um, but boy, the that, that's just a, that's a tough spot for the Ravens to be in. I don't, I don't know how I could, uh, you know, think about putting much on them at this point in any week without Lamar Jackson being back there. And even with him back there, this is a team that's obviously, uh, you know, had some, not been as strong as I think people had expected. Uh, my Denver Broncos, God love them. That's a horrible team, and there's no <laughs> way the Ravens should have been in that spot against Denver. Another game in which Denver just completely uglied it up because they have a fantastic defense and a ridiculously bad offense. Um, I don't think that you know that looked good for the Ravens there. I mean, they're definitely going to need him back as soon as possible. It certainly changes the calculus a little bit. And um, but that said, there may be a little bit of you know if you're looking ahead and you think the Ravens are going to be full strength, healthy heading to the playoffs, assuming they make the playoffs, um, you know, maybe there's some value to be had there if you're looking at the futures book. I'm sort of thinking about that. Patrick, you talked a lot about your Denver Broncos having this very deficient offense and a very elite defense playing Kansas City this week, the total 44-and-a-half. Denver Bronco unders have been automatic. I think they're 11-1 and this season uh, on unders. Mm -hmm. Would you, in terms of what you're hearing, do you think this number goes down because of that trend? Well, I, I think that's going to be the tendency. I mean, it's, it's been going on all season, and everybody seems to, uh, you know, it, it's, it's only people have only really been talking more about it these last couple of weeks. It's really, it, it's sort of odd as it sounds, at least to me. Maybe I wasn't paying as close attention as I should have, Trista, but it seemed like that trend was sort of flying under the radar for a while there, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, my gosh, if you just faded, you know, faded, you know, gone under every week with the Broncos, you know, you'd be in fantastic shape. Yeah. So. So now it's starting to get some attention. And 
I can tell you, even you know, right now at DraftKings, and it's it's early in the week. As I tell tell you guys every week, this is a very limited pot of money at this point. The overwhelming majority of money comes in game day, and more so in the hour or so leading up to kickoff. But that said, right now at DraftKings, ticket count on the total is a is pretty good two way, just a slight nod to the under. But seventy eight percent of early money is on the under, mm. so. It's certainly caught up, and, and and I don't think that's all sharp play. I think that's you know I think the public has kind of gotten onto onto this trend as well. Even though the public loves to bet favorites and loves to bet overs, Trista, as we all know, um, this is a case where this has been so pronounced, and people are talking about it so much more over these last couple of weeks that uh, uh, that it's going to get bet down. I you know look, you're talking about um, for me, you're talking about a Patrick Mahomes led team against a team that cannot score. So if this gets much lower, I might be thinking about the over in this game, as bad as the Broncos are, just on the idea that maybe the Chiefs can put up some points. But that said, you've got this ridiculously good Broncos defense. So it's a, it's a tough call. Pat, another interesting game in the NFL coming up on Sunday. The Lions are all the way out to being two-and-a-half-point favorites. They open pretty much as a pick or a one-point dog. And you have a team that's below five hundred going against a 10-win Viking team, and the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point dogs. So I guess, um, obviously, a sharp play on Detroit. And also, do you think maybe we get to three with Minnesota? I would guess not, but right now they're sitting there at two-and-a-half, and that's kind of hard to believe on a Tuesday. Gosh, I kind of, I can't, I, I'm a little surprised by this too, but it's yeah. funny because John Murray, uh, the executive director of the Super Bowl, he told me a few weeks back, he's just like, look, the oddsmakers are, and he among them, uh, just don't have a whole lot of faith in the Vikings, even even with that record and even with uh, the win on the road against Buffalo. I mean, that was a little, that was a little bit fluky anyway, the, the, the fumble on the one yard line when all you got to do is just get the ball out of yard and, and start taking knees and you win that game. Um, they just they don't feel like the Vikings are are the real deal at this point, and they and they haven't for a few weeks. Even though the Vikings continue to to get wins and and have the second best record in the league right now, so uh, obviously this line is a product of what the odds makers think. And also, I mean, the odds makers are are trying to generally be relatively sharp here. I mean, the, if they're off by a little bit, the sharps will bang that number into into shape. They'll get them on the right number quickly, but they don't want to be too far off if they're off and. Um, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think this gets to three little surprising that the lines are favored, but, but just based on what odds makers have told me over the course of the last few weeks, maybe not totally surprising. The jets very well had two great opportunity, two good drives that could have won that game last week. So, um, you know, I, I think they've, they've seen that they feel like the Vikings are vulnerable and, and Detroit's a little better of late for sure. Pat, actually, one more uh, that I wanted to ask you about was I wanted to really quickly go over to the college football playoff because I was looking at this TCU-Michigan game. And obviously, I'm guessing we saw a sharp play on the over because the total opened at 59.5, and and we went immediately up to 61.5. But I was kind of surprised to see TCU uh, continue to go down as far as the spread. Michigan opened up as a nine-point favorite. Where do you think this closes, and what's the book going to need here? Right. Well, when I talked to John Murray on Sunday morning, just as the Sunday afternoon, your time, I'm in the best time zone, but Sunday afternoon in your time zone, as these games were announced, I was going back and forth with John Murray at the Superbook uh, right away, and they opened nine on TCU. And uh, and to your point, Ryan, that was sharp play right out of the gate on the over. That was what they saw right away. Really didn't see too much one way or the other in terms of Texas Christian or Michigan money, but he said sharp money on over 59.5 right away. They went to 61.5 very quickly Sunday afternoon. But now, to your point, you're starting to see this come down a little bit get reined in a little bit. I would guess it's, it's funny because TCU has been a public team for weeks now, 
because they've been paying off at the betting window yeah. for pretty much all season. These last couple of weeks, it's been a little bumpier, but they're still nine, three and one against the spread on the season, which is like the third or fourth best, third, fourth, fifth best uh, record in the nation against the numbers. So the public was certainly on that as we got into the week, week 11, 12, 13, and of course, conference championship week, the public was definitely on the Horn Frogs. But in this case, I mean, Michigan is a very public team and is always really public. So I would have to think if this is on its way down that, uh, that maybe they're getting a couple of early sharp nibbles on the spread. But I think that this is, you know, you know, being at eight, it's sitting eight at the Superbook right now. I wouldn't be surprised if this is just kind of the initial surge. We're on, you know, it's Tuesday. The line's been out there a couple of days. This might sit, this game in the Georgia-Ohio State game, which really hasn't moved off six and a half. Um, and, you know, some books were seven, some were six and a half. It looks like six and a half is kind of the number that's rounding into form. At least that's where it is still at the Superbook. I think we're going to get to a point pretty quick here where this number just sits for a while. There's, a, there's an initial rush, an initial peak of interest. Now we've got to wait, you know, three and a half weeks for these games to actually happen. So um, if you kind of like where the numbers are at now, you might want to get on them. I don't think, you know, we may not see much movement here for a little while. Talking to Patrick Everson, and the beauty is we can switch seamlessly back and forth between college football and NFL with him. So I'm going to take you back over to the NFL and this Giants-Eagles sure. game uh, coming up on mm-hmm. Sunday. The Eagles head into MetLife as seven-point favorites. Now, you know, look, the Giants are still... But, they're a team that has playoff aspirations, overachieving this year. But the Eagles have the best record in the NFL. That offense is so dynamic. But then I kind of lean the other way. Having covered the NFC East for years when I was working in D.C., these games get close. So where are you right now on the early look for that game with the Eagles' as seven-point favorites heading into the Giants? Right. And it, look, and it is an interesting one. And you're right to point out, Nick, that it's, look, it's a division game. So, you know, uh, it could end up being, you know, a, re- a much closer game. It's obviously an important, a, a very important game for both these teams and one of the better games on the docket this week. And I'm looking at Superbook right now, which is sitting at seven and, and Superbook's who I always hit for my opening line report. But um, uh, this was one where the, one of the odds makers I spoke with on this on Sunday night as these numbers started to come out and started to get fed into um, was at six and a half and moved up to seven. So it's actually gotten a little higher in the case of that one particular sports book. And uh, he noted that early on, tickets and money were pretty even. But here's the point he made. And this is sort of, Nick, this sort of kind of ties in a little bit to Minnesota, too. The Giants a lot like Minnesota. This this Sotsbaker told me the Giants have performed well, but they are still power rated as the worst team in the NFC East. So it's no surprise, he said, that the Eagles are laying almost a touchdown on the road. Um, And he said he he also feels like the Eagles are going to be a real popular team in teasers and parlays and so forth. So, so don't be surprised if, if, if this book and, you know, BetMGM and others uh, certainly will be will be needing the, you know, the touchdown home dog giants in this game. When you start adding in parlays, teasers, money line parlays, those are probably going to run to the Eagles with the best record in the league. Yeah, you talk about an interesting line as well, Pat, is the Cleveland Browns uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals six-point favorites at home. Cleveland ended up beating Houston but it took a bunch of defensive scores for that to happen. Deshaun Watson still looks very rusty. You know, where do you think the books lie on this one? Well, I can, I mean, I can tell you in the case of one odds maker right now, Trista, you've got, again, only Tuesday, so probably a limited amount of money in the pot, but tickets and money, four to one on the Bengals early. And, you know, the, the Bengals seem to be rounding into, uh, you know, into, in, into form. They've played some really great games of late, obviously, for whatever reason, Trista, they got Kansas City's number. I mean, they played Kansas City three times in the last 12 months, and they're 3-0 against straight up and 3-0 against the spread. So 
it's hard to argue with that success. And even prior to the Kansas City game, they were playing pretty well. They, you know, Tennessee had a hot streak going, and and uh, and Cincinnati derailed that hot streak. So, I would I would expect that they're, uh, you know, that that the odds makers. I don't know if this goes to seven, but uh, I would expect the odds makers are going to, you know, are going to need the Browns pretty good in this game because uh, Cincinnati is certainly trending up. Hey, Pat, have you seen anything like with the NFC or anything with Super Bowl futures? Because I know a lot of people, a lot of sharp people were uh, on San Francisco futures, especially with the NFC yeah. kind of being a dumpster fire. Any like buyback or anything with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury or a new team that people are maybe buying in on, whether it's Dallas, Philadelphia or somebody? Right. I was talking with one odds maker about this yesterday as this, you know, as, as you know, I guess they pretty much knew Sunday he was that Garoppolo was going to be gone from the season. But uh, it certainly it, it impacted San Francisco's odds, and I apologize, got a little bit of background noise behind me here tonight. But uh, it certainly impacted the Niners' odds, but not hugely yet. Like they were in the plus six fifty seven to one range, and now they're in like the eleven twelve to one range, depending on where you shop. I think you're going to see that change significantly if the Niners can't go out and continue to win. But you know, the one odds maker I spoke with said he felt like the you know the Vikings would definitely be a good beneficiary of of San Francisco falling back. Obviously the Cowboys are now very much in the race and they just put up a ton of, I mean, I know it's the Colts and the Colts, we just don't know what's going on with the Colts, but the Cowboys put up a ton of points this week. So they're quickly becoming a flavor of the month in just the way that San Francisco was over the past month. I mean, over the past month, there were multiple books that said, we're seeing more tickets and money on the Niners than anybody else, even the Buffalo Bills over the course of basically November uh, because the Niners seem to be rounding into form. So I think it's, you know, the Cowboys are probably going to step into that spot now. Maybe the Vikings a little bit if they keep winning. But uh, um, it'll just be interesting to see if somehow the Niners can pick up the pieces here and kind of stay in this race. But it's certainly good news for the rest of the NFC. Obviously, it benefits the Eagles, you know. Yeah. I know the Eagles are right up there already. But there were plenty of people I talked to who were like, the Niners are better than the Eagles. Um, you know, no matter how many more games the Eagles had won, they liked the Niners and a Niners-Eagles matchup, especially, you know, at neutral site or or – or Niners being at home for sure. He's Patrick Everson, Vegas insider. Always love talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. You bet. Have a good week. Yeah, there's some of these early lines. It's just I, I'm interested just to see how this all goes over the next couple of days. It's just the, the games that we have questions about, right? You sit there and you look and you go, well, okay, we don't really know Lamar Jackson's status, but we kind of do. Does that line move at all? You know, what do we think about the the the, the Brock Purdy? It's just. It's tough after what we had last weekend. I think it really put a wrench in some of these some of these games if you're really trying to look ahead to them. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.